All right, good afternoon, everyone. Um, I just wanted to welcome you this afternoon to a um, discussion about the 2022 General Assembly session. This is our kickoff meeting that we do annually. So over So over the next hour, um, I'm hoping that we can help you understand um, three different areas. First, we're going to go over do an overview of the General Assembly and the legislative process in Virginia. We're going to talk about um, the attorney counsel process in your role in providing feedback. Please meet your lines. Um, I think I can see people. And then um, we're also going to talk about how to effectively use the legislative bill review system. So the reason why you're here today is because you have been identified by your department head or your part department director as either being a reviewer or viewer of the legislation on behalf of your department. So this is um, this may be new for some of you who've never been um, who've never been never used the legislative bill review system or been part of the process and for some of you this presentation will just be an overview of things that you've heard before but i think it's always um, a good reminder to make us aware of things that we expect to come this year and just a good sense of um of the process so we're going to have an opportunity after each section to ask questions so if you have a question just please use the chat box and I will read them and answer them to try to keep everything in order, okay? So the first part, the first section we're gonna talk about is an overview of the General Assembly in the legislative process. So the first thing to remember is that Virginia is considered a Dillon Rule state, which means that local governments only have those powers expressly granted by the state legislature. The, the General Assembly consists of two houses. One is the House of Delegates and the other is the Senate. So there are in total 100 delegates and 40 senators. And Loudoun represents, out of those 140, there are 11 representatives for Loudoun County. So we have seven members of the House of Delegates and four members of the Senate who represent Loudoun. Each year, there is a biennial budget Oh, there's a biennial budget process. So this is important because the biennial budget correlates with a session. So the length of the session correlates with the budget. So a long session being six day, 60 days. So that is the start of the biennium. So for example, this year we'll be talking about the 2022 to 2024 biennium budget. So it's over two fiscal years. And so therefore it is a 60 day session where a short session is normally 45 days. And that is when it's in the second year of the budget with the with the idea that budget will be amended. So um, this year is especially important um, because we'll be starting that budget process for the for the next two years for this for the state. Um, session always convenes. So that 60 days or 45 days always convenes the second Wednesday in January. So this year, that is January 12th, 2022, will be the start of the session um, for the next for this year. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the legislative process and how it works in the General Assembly, just so you you have a good understanding. Um, so the first thing that happens is that the members look to 
look for ideas for legislation and they explain what they want to what we call the division of legislative services and the attorneys help them prepare bill language and once that bill language is printed it is filed by the representative and that's where it starts what we will see in the systems is the filed legis legislation once that bill is filed it's is signed to a specific committee so in the house there are 14 committees and in the senate there are 11. So once it gets assigned to committee, um, it's going to be heard in those committees. And if it is accepted either with amendments or as is by the body, by that committee and approved, it then moves to the floor of the House or of the respective House. So when that happens, there are three readings that occur. The first is a reading related to is a constitutional reading related to the bill. And it's just it, the title is read by the clerk. Then there's on the second reading, there's the option of amendments to the bill. Once that is amend, once the bill is amended and then gross, it goes to a third reading on the next day. And as part of that reading, then the next that option will be then to actually adopt the legislation. So there will be a vote on the floor. So this process happens if if it passes, it's in it's enrolled. Um, or engrossed by that house, and then it waits and sits there until crossover. So crossover is the point of time where each um, each house's bills crosses over to the other and the entire process starts over again. And then once all of that happens and if the bill makes it through, it's signed by the speaker in house and then sent to the governor, who then will decide whether it should be amended or signed it for signature. So this process for happens for all the bills that we're, we're working on. Um, if there is a difference between the House and the Senate version of a bill, a conference committee resolves that issue and they'll send out a conference report, which would be voted on by the members of the of the, the houses. Um, most bills that come that are passed by the General Assembly are effective July 1st of that year. So July 1st, 2022, any bill that passes in 2022 unless there's an emergency clause or a delayed enactment clause. So that is specified in the bill itself if there's any type of date where the um, where it's where an effective date is different. So just to kind of give you a sense of what happened. So in 2021, we only we had 1555 bills that were introduced and only 564, 564 of them were approved. That's actually a really light year because last year they had um, a lot of they had bill limits. They only could have seven bills for each House of Delegates member. And I think it was 10 for each member of the, the Senate. Those numbers are going to change this year. So we know um, and I'll talk about it a little bit later, but there's going to be um, 25 for the Senate and we're not sure about the House. So we're expecting that we'll probably see between 200, 2000 to 2500 bills that we're going to be looking at. Some important dates to know um, are that first, the governor's budget, it, the biennium budget is going to be released tomorrow, which is December 16th, 2021. The governor will be reporting that out to the money committees at 930 tomorrow. Um, so this will be he's been making some markers uh, and doing some press releases about things that um, will be included in that budget. But this is where we'll see um, what his priorities are as he's go as he's leaving. Interestingly, the only budget that because the governor only has a four year term, the only budget he's totally in charge of is the budget he 
space that he's coming out of, all the other budgets he's basically amending from the previous um, governor. So this will be interesting to see. Um, the General Assembly session, like I said, the 60-day session will start on January 12th. We know that all bills that are pre-filed have to be filed by that deadline. So pre-file means um, there were you get as many as you well you normally would get as many as you want, but you obviously have a limit. And there's only a certain number of bills after the pre-file deadline a legislator can introduce up to their limit. So um, that's important. Um, all bills and joint resolutions then will have to be filed by January 21st. We have VACO VML Legislative Day. So this is the day where all local governments come down to the General Assembly to advocate for local government issues. That's on February 3rd. We have crossover February 9th. And we have General Assembly session ending March 12th, my favorite day of the year, Dine Die. And um, we'll have a reconvened session April 20th. And um, some of those dates, which are asterisk, are made change based on procedural resolution. Um, which is given each year. And these dates are important. I'm going to talk about why these dates are important as we go through this presentation. So, all right. So I think it's really important for all of us to understand what some of the dynamics at play are going to be in 2022, because that's a good indication of what we will see coming forth related to legislation, which you may be reviewing on behalf of the county, as well as, um, you know, indicators of how well something may or may not you know go so first off i want to tell you that session will be in person so this is different than last year last year we had a virtual session because of covid which makes it extremely difficult if you're in my job because you don't have the face-to-face -face communication with the legislators like you normally would um but we expect this one to be completely in person not sharing what mitigation factors are going to happen Next, we have, I'm sure you heard, there was an election that occurred this year. And with that election, we have a new, we have a new governor and new leadership in the House of Delegates. So this is really important because the majority um, who serves in the House of Delegates has this, is the speaker, gets the speaker of the House. So that now will be Todd Gilbert. He is from Page, Rockingham, Shenandoah, and Warren counties. And um, it's, and it's control, controlled by the Republican Party. So the last four, two years, maybe four years, two years, we have had all Democratic control in the House of Delegates, the Senate, and the governorship, and now that is changing. So we have Governor-elect Youngkin, who's a Republican. We have the um, House of Delegates, which is Republican, but we have a Senate 2119 majority Democrat. So you can imagine that there could be some deadlock that's gonna happen between the legislative bodies because of the control of those bodies. Um, interest, the other thing to know too is that the Speaker of the House has a lot of control over legislation and what happens because they're the ones that assign legislation to committee. So the, the Speaker of the House assigns all the legislation to committee. If they don't want your bill heard, it just won't get assigned. So, or it will just stay there forever. So there's uh, a lot of different tactics that can be used um, when dealing with these things. Um, but because of because the, of the way that everything is done, I don't see that initiatives passed in the last couple of years are likely to change. So, you know, you probably have realized that there are a lot of things that happened at the state level over the last two years. 
because the Senate is still in um, is still in majority hey control by the. I'm good. How you doing? Can someone please mute? So <laughs> I got this call from Glenn Barber. He has about 25 boxes of small kids, and I suggested that Hello? be interested in them. It's Yolanda. Yolanda, can you please mute your line? There we go. Okay. <laughs> as we can keep going. Um, so as I was saying, I don't expect there to actually be anything that was passed in the last couple of years because the Senate is still um, Democratic big D. I don't see those initiatives changing. There will probably be legislation to try to overturn things as markers, but in likelihood, that's not going to happen. Um, both the houses, like I said, are likely to have draft limits, which are good for us because that means there's limited more bills to review. So we've confirmed 25 for the Senate and are waiting for the House. Um, the other thing to note is that there's a budget surplus, additional ARPA funds and funding from the federal infrastructure bill that will need to be programmed for the biennium. So this is important because, I mean, those monies are going to have limitations on on how they can be spent. But we're going to actually see what will be coming from the Commonwealth and hopefully from the Commonwealth to the locality as we we deal with this. I will note that the surplus that is for the FY21 year, which is about $2.6 billion, is basically accounted for based on laws that already exist, which require a certain amount to go to the rainy day fund, a certain amount to go to um, the water quality improvement fund and other things that are the Commonwealth Transportation Fund, there are markers within the law or uh, in within the Constitution that already require that money to be spent a certain way. However, we have they're estimating um, and forecasting a $3.4 billion surplus for FY22, so the second half of the biennium, which has not been, which will have some allocations, but it has not been spent. So we'll be seeing how that money is going to be detailed. Okay. All right, some major topics that I expect to come up during the 2022 session. One, affordable housing. It's a, it's a major issue that's been going across the whole entire Commonwealth. It's not just exclusive to Northern Virginia, Richmond, Hampton Roads. Southwest Virginia is also having a lot of issues with affordable housing. So we expect um, there to be a lot of discussion about that. Broadband, always a hot topic. Um, we expect there's to be some bills to try to ensure that broadband be considered potentially utility with new development. So that's something we're going to be keeping our eyes out for. The Children's Services Act, there's been a lot of um, studies been going on with that. So we anticipate some changes based on the outcomes of those studies. Electronic meetings. So as you as you know that um, there is a there have been different rules that have been applied during the state of emergency. So they've been looking at those to um, determine how we can potentially do some electronic meetings. Um, FOIA legislation, we expect that there will be, uh, there's gonna be legislation talking about from the FOIA council, discussing um, potentially getting free, up to two hours free, I know 
up to two hours free of um, FOIA before uh, someone is charged. So this is something that came through the FOIA Council that local governments are not in favor of that we will be um, talking about. The grocery tax, which is something that Governor-elect Youngkin mentioned and actually um, Governor Northam proposed a getting rid of the sales, um, the state sales tax portion for the grocery tax. So that's going to be something that's on our radar because it has an impact to transportation and to the schools. Um, there's health and human service funding related to uh, behavioral health, alleviating state hospital pressures, those types of issues. Income taxes is also something that's being discussed. Um, changes to the income tax structure. There's K through 12 funding. Uh, which also includes the last item, which is school construction and modernization, as well as one of my the one the top one of the hottest topics last year, which is marijuana legislation. So last year there was legalization of marijuana that allowed up to an ounce per person on an ounce on your person legally um, in a certain number of plants to be grown in a home. However, that didn't include a regulatory structure of actually retail sales. Um, manufacturing, cultivation, or anything like that. So that's all stuff that had to come back to the General Assembly and be reenacted. So this is going to be an interesting dialogue because you're now going to have legal, you have legalization and you're trying to work on the regulatory mechanism. But like, as I said, the legislature's changed a bit. So we're going to see how they're going to handle that. I also will note that um, I think I did see a question in the chat about environmental issues from Mark Avini. Um, they will be, as part of the budget, I know that they're going to be funding the Virginia Natural Resources Commitment Fund. So this is your ag BMPs and things that um, will be coming forward. I do think that they probably could be trying to address some of the energy and environmental legislation, but with the change in the House of Delegates, I don't feel it will really go much further. So. All right, so with that, I would just ask if anyone has any initial questions based on this section. Any other any other questions? OK, so not seeing any, I'm going to continue talk about the internal processes in your role in providing feedback on pending legislation. So each year, the board develops a legislative program um, made up of four main components, and the process for that program is really happening all year long, and, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that in the next slide. But the four main components of the process are priority statements, which set out the board's overarching priorities in transportation, land use, taxing authority, state funding. And then this year we added a statement on health and human services. We also have legislative initiatives where the count, and that's where the county actually wants an initiative to pursue specific legislation, so a specific code change. We also have administrative initiatives, which are um, things that we work on with agencies or administrative changes. And then we also have something called policy statements. And a policy statement is usually a statement in support or of opposition of something specific. And the reason it's important is because it gives authority to staff on how to react to something, um, a bill that comes forward. So if we already have the authority through a policy statement or through the program, we can act immediately. If not, it then has to go to the board for review and for um, 
a vote on whether they support or oppose something. So this legislative program is what guides our work in Richmond. And so this is what I and our team, which is consists of Paul Hale, who, which is the management fellow in Trotman Pepper Strategies. Um, it, this is what we use to, to guide our work when we're in Richmond. So when I mentioned that the legislative process, the program process is an all year round thing, it basically starts in mid-June several months after the end of the previous session. So we in mid-June, we have a deadline for departments and the board members to submit legislative initiatives, policy statements, or funding priorities to the legislative team. That is so that in June and July, we have the opportunity to vet those requests and to go through a process by which we look to see, you know, what stakeholders might be of interest in this issue. We might re we reach out to them to kind of get their input ahead of time. Um, we look at all of, we look at previous legislative history to determine whether this is something that has been asked for before by the board, um, or by the board, and then, or not by the board, by a member of the General Assembly, and then we bring all that information through recommendation to first the chair and vice chair per the policies of the board, which is, they serve as the legislative contacts. And then that item will then go to the full board, the second business meeting in September, where they will ask questions, um, adopt some things to their draft program. We have a public hearing in October, and then we usually finalize the draft program in October, early November, and then revise it as necessary the rest of the year. So that's the general process of how the program is established and done. So, What's important for you to understand as people who are going to be reviewing legislation is that there are two distinct waves of legislation that are that comes in. Um, so you're going to see a lot of a lot of bills that we're putting into the system all at once, and that's because it's all happening at once for us when we're reviewing it. So pre-filed bills are due the first day of session, which I said was January 12th, which means most of the bills are filed the three days prior to session. So starting Monday, we're going to see be bills being dropped and we're going to see hundreds and hundreds a day. So as part of that process, we're the legislative team is reviewing the legislation and we're, we're asking yourself a couple of questions. First, we're asking ourselves, does it fit a board priority statement, uh, a board priority or statement in the legislative program? If it does, then we already know what the board's position is on it, and we don't normally have to assign those bills in the system because we already know what the impacts are. If we have any questions about it specifically, we might assign them, but in most cases, we don't need to. Then we ask, um, does the bill that we're looking at, could it impact the county? And if it, if it could, will it move through the legislative process? There are instances where we know there are specific topics that come along and because of the dynamics at play in either of the House or the governorship, we might know that that bill is never going to move. If that's the case, we're going to try not to waste anyone's time by having you look at it. Um, but I just ask that you be patient with us because you may get a piece of legislation through the system that you were like, why are they sending this to us? Because it has no impact on us at all. But we, you have to remember, we're not the subject experts. You are, which is why we're asking you. So just be patient with us as we try to figure out which legislation is impacting the county. The other thing is I will ask is how many of you are a part of an association? 
there's not a lot of people. Okay. So there's there's some of I, you who I, are part of a yeah. So there's some of you who are part of an association. So what I would tell you is that if your association has tagged the bill as problematic or super beneficial to to that your particular area and we haven't sent it to you, I would ask that you contact me to make sure that we are we have tagged the bill and we know it how important it is and that we're working through the processes we need to, to in order to respond to that. So just don't assume because there's a lot of associations out there. Don't assume we are we've seen it because there's likelihood that we haven't. I know some of you automatically send me um, your associations uh, items, uh, which is great, um, but just don't assume. So if you don't see it coming across your desk, but you're hearing about it, then just contact me so we can we can work through that. OK. So once a bill is actually put into the system, you're going to review it and you're going to provide input. So bills that are actively supported or opposed, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that, by staff are flagged by the legislative team. We are running reports every single day on the position of staff of whether they support or oppose a bill. Once we see that and we see what your response is, then if it's critical for the county to weigh in on that, we're gonna bring it through the process first to the chair and vice chair. So every Friday of session, we are meeting with the chair and vice chair to go over legislation that we feel the board needs to take a position on. So we have multiple ways to do that. We can, we can bring it to the board in front of a board meeting, but if it is a time when it's in between the board, the board has what we call a straw poll vote process by which we can have them do a straw poll vote and then confirm that vote at the new meeting. So. We're always constantly trying to make sure that we are covering any of um, the issues at hand and that we can respond as fast as we can and talk to our delegation and to members of the General Assembly about bills that um, affect the county. OK, so that's the internal process and in about providing feedback. So do you guys have any questions? If so, could you put them in the chat box? Okay, you guys are making it really easy for me. <laughs> All right, so the last section we're gonna really talk about is how to effectively use the legislative bill review system. System is an internal system that was developed by the Department of Information Technology many years ago, um, even before my time here, which is about 15 years, which helps us review and track legislation. Um, what the system does is it collects the input from county staff and those comments, which we, which like I said, the reports that we run inform our positions in acting on pending legislation. So where can you find the legislative bill review system, which we call LBRS for short. If you go to the Lowndes County internet page and you look under the resources tab, there is a the legislative bill review is listed there, so you can always access it on the intranet. Um, and you just log into LBRS with your loudon.gov email address. So I will note the password is not the same as your Active Directory. It's whatever you set. And if you don't remember it, 
you can ask the system to reset it. So there's a reset password um, as part of that. And I will show you this as we do a demonstration so you can see. So you're, when you log into the system, there's going to be a personal bill page and there's going to be two sections that show. First is your bills to be reviewed. So this is the bills that have been assigned to you, but you still need to respond to. So a response is needed. And then there'll be a list of bills completed. So those will be bills that you've already reviewed fully. Um, and if you wanted to edit at any point in time, can. When I give you the demonstration, you're going to see that there are um, bill features that are listed. It's going to talk about the type of bill, version of the bill, date, patron, committee code, and relates to and comment. And I'm going to go through a little bit about that first. So the bill type is the type of bill um, refers to what kind of bill the legislation is and in which house of Virginia General Assembly it originated. So if you see the, the terminology, if you see HB, that means it originated in the house or SB, it means it originated in the Senate. There's also um, different bill types when it has to do with a resolution from the House or from the Senate. So you'll also see those um, as the kinds of bills or the types of bills. We'll also talk about the version. So this refers to the version of the bill or in some cases budget language, which typically changes throughout the session. So when we first assign bills, you're gonna see an I which it, it will indicate that's the introduced version of the legislation. However, as time progresses in that legislation changes, I may need you to review the amended versions or a substitute. And so you're going to see, um, the you'll see an amended, it'll say either HA or SA, or in most cases, it's a substitute. So you'll see on the side that it says HS or SS. So if you've already reviewed something and you see a bill number similar, it's because most likely it's a different version of the bill in the system. As I mentioned, there are 14 different Senate committees. So these are all of the committees that are listed. And so you'll see which committee it's been sent to. Um, in some cases, when we first start out, we have it says unknown because they haven't assigned it to committee and we go in and change it later. But this is where the bill will, for which committee it'll first go to. Sometimes it'll be referred to another committee later. But um, in general, these are the committee codes for the Senate. And these are the committee codes for the House. So this is the 14 House committees um, that you'll see. So this is in that presentation document I gave you just, and it's also in the, HB, the LBRS manual that I gave you a copy of. Other things that um, are listed are the bill page features is the date the bill was assigned in the system. We'll also list the patron. So the state senator or house delegate who's the primary sponsor of the legislation is listed in the system. We talk about what it's related to. So that's the subject line, which attempts to capture the purpose of the legislation or its intent. And we may add a special comment on a bill by the legislative team. So. If there's a comment, it could be something along the lines of this is a companion bill or to another bill in, a, in the other house. So, you know, it's the exact same legislation that you're looking at and we can keep track of it on our end that way as well. All right. So how do you know when you need to review a bill? So at the end of each day. At 5 p.m., the system sends out an email notification that you have had bills assigned to you and you need to review them. 
The only time you'll see one during the day is if it's urgent. So if you're if you're seeing in the middle of a day a bill signed to you, that means I've tagged it as urgent and I need you to look at it right away. Um, for those bills assigned to you at the end of the day, though, we ask that you all review them to one to two business days. So I know it's hard because you all are doing a, your your general work and you have a lot of responsibilities. But this this I can't stress enough how important this process is in your review of the legislation is because this is how we know whether something or not impacts the county and there could be situations where it might not really impact other localities but for our particular operations it does and so we want to make sure that we are really paying attention so if you're assigned a bill you're going to be asked to view or review that legislation so and there's a difference between a reviewer or a reviewer. So a reviewer and a viewer, you will, you'll see when it comes up that you're going to select either review or view in the system. And if you are a reviewer, it's going to ask you to actually put in a position. When a, if you're a viewer, what's going to happen is it's going to ask you two impact questions. Those are, does the legislation impact county operations, yes or no? Does this legislation fiscally impact the county? Yes or no. And it's going to ask you to provide a written explanation for your position in the response text box. When you submit that as a viewer, there's someone in your department who is responsible as the reviewer to provide a final comment to us. And we know who those people are. And so those people are putting in a position, doing the same things, asking whether they're going to notify the legislative liaison, and they're also providing a written explanation and they're going to submit it. I will say, do not notify the legislative liaison in every single bill that you review unless it is urgent. Meaning if that bill has such a critical impact that you're concerned about or you feel that this is the greatest bill ever and it'll make your life, you know, a thousand times easier, then definitely tag it. But please do not just do it automatically on every single bill you're reviewing because I get an automatic email every single time that happens. It 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 does it right away to me and notifies me that you're you have um that it's urgent that I look at it. Okay. So if you're a reviewer, there are four positions that you can take on a bill. You can either take a position of no interest, general interest, actively support, or actively oppose. So these positions should be based on your professional experience and judgment. As I mentioned, you are the experts, so we are leaning on you to really help us understand what the impacts of the legislation are. So we need your professional guidance. Um, whatever recommendation you're putting in there is usually what we use to talk to the, the um, legislative contacts, which are the chair and the vice chair, as well as the board of supervisors. So that's really serving as the staff's recommendation. And I usually come back and talk to you prior and we, we work it all out before it goes into the board item, but we definitely use that as the premise for our recommendation. Because remember, everything's moving really, really fast throughout this, throughout this process. So it's always important to remember, a position of actively support or actively oppose must be accompanied by a written response. It is not acceptable to just say, this is a bad bill. And that's all you're all, all you say or this bill is great and that's all you say 
because I don't have any context of why it is bad or why it is good. And so, again, if we are using that as a means to ensure that we support or oppose something and that the board takes a position, if there's already, there isn't a position already in existence, then I really need a written response of why the bill is important um, to the county for the county to weigh in on. All right, so the one thing I will note is that LBRS has been upgraded over the last couple of years to allow you to see other staff's comments. So a viewer is gonna be able to see all the comments within their department on that particular piece of legislation. And a reviewer is gonna be able to see all the comments from all the departments. So when you pull up your bill, when you pull up the bill, it's going to it's going to show you the comments that have been provided by other people assigned to that, even if they're in different departments. So departments. So I think that's really helpful because you can kind of see from your perspective, from their perspective, what the issues are. And sometimes those issues are not the same and they may be opposite of what you think. So if even if that's the case, just know that on the, our side of it, once we see that there could be differing opinions from departments, we're going to be contacting those departments and working through that to make sure that if we ask the board for a position, the board is aware of all the concerns from the departments um, and they're they're all out there. So we will be working through those issues if we see them. So just be aware of that um, and don't be feel like you have to agree with everyone. It's based on, like I said, your professional judgment and opinion. So whatever you feel um, operationally affects the department and you, we need to be aware of, just make sure you're, you're telling us that. All right, so I'm just gonna go to a live demonstration of what we're talking about. Can you, see, you probably can't see, can you, can you see it? Okay, all right. So I'm gonna go ahead and log in. Oh, and this is what I was saying. So if you forgot your password, this is where you could go to log to get a new password and the system will prompt you on that. My, my screen looks a little different than what yours does. So I'm just going to show you what yours looks like. So as I said from the beginning, when you log into the system, you're gonna see the bills that you have to, be, have to review and the bills that are reviewed. So you can see right now I've assigned myself, I've assigned myself a bill for this demonstration related to transit occupancy tax in supporting documentation. So you can see that the bill is from the House side. It is House Bill 7. It is in the introduced version. If I click on this, the, the check arrow, it is going to take me to the URL. So the URL shows you where it is in the process because it will show the entire history of the bill. The, the other link is actually sending you to the PDF version of the bill. So this is the one that's important when you're reviewing because it shows line numbers. So if you wanna you wanna specify specific line numbers and concerns related to specific lines of the bill, this this will help you look at that and help you provide that feedback um, more easily. The bill date is the date in which we assigned the bill. So again, what I said before is that our expectation is that between one to two business days, 
you are reviewing that legislation and providing us input on that so that we can run reports and, and move through the process. Um, Delegate Ware is the patron of the bill, and at this point it hasn't been assigned to committee, so it says it's unknown. And this is the related to comments. So this is what the bill is about. It's about supporting documentation. So in order to respond, you're going to hit, you'll see the review or view here for the action and you click on it and then it's going to drop it down. So again, it's going to tell you which bill you're, re you're reviewing and then it's going to give you the bill reviewers and responses. So in this case, it's only been assigned to me. But if it's been assigned to other people in other departments, you're going to see their name and you're going to see their comment. OK. We're going to we have does the bill um, impact county operations? Yes or no. I'll say yes. Does it have a fiscal impact? Yes or no. I'll say yes. And then on a position, we're going to actively support. Uh, or no, probably. I don't know what this. I don't know what this bill exactly does yet. So um, and then again, Notifying legislation is no unless you want me to pay special attention and then then we would write a response here an extensive response because I picked support or oppose and then we submit it. So we submit it. And then you see it comes down to my bills reviewed side. And then I have the ability to look at what I did. And I have the ability to edit my response and I can resubmit. If you do submit, if there is an instance where you somehow reviewed a bill and it was the wrong bill with that number or something and you were looking at something else on accident just let us know because we can actually erase your response keep your assignment and then you can redo it so there's ways to work around it in the system if needed so does anyone have any questions um related to the lbr system how it works what our expectations are yeah i do when it's mark okay Go ahead, Mark. Um, what if there are multiple people in your department reviewing this? Will each of them do a separate review or are we required to coordinate those? No, you, you each can do a separate review. So um, if if you're if you have in your department multiple reviewers, then we're going to look at your comments. Again, it'll be it'll be on our side of it if there are um, discrepancies or issues that we see between comments, even with if it's within the same department, we will contact you and to make sure that those are all worked out before we proceed. Great, thanks. Yeah, all right. Okay, so we had a question. Are new legislators sworn in January 12th? If so, it seems that current legislators as opposed to newly elected legislators have better opportunities to submit bills given the very short time frame of bill submission. Am I interpreting this correctly? So I believe, um, Lynn, that if even if you are an elect representative, you have the ability to pre-file legislation ahead of time. Um, so you can ask DLS to look at a certain number of bills, even if you technically haven't been um, sworn in yet. I believe that's correct, but I can double check. 
Um, so what I there was a question related to what does no interest or general interest means. So so really no interest means that there's really no impact to the county. So if you if there's no impact, you can just write no interest. General interest might mean oh, there's may may mean that there there's something about the bill that you think is important that we might want to follow. But in either case, if you're writing no interest or general interest, we're not running a report on that. So if you have any position on the bill that you think there's concerns or there is things you want to promote, then you need to write actively support or actively oppose and, and write your comments in there. Because if it's a general interest, there's a lot of times we try to run those, but we're running the other reports first to make sure we're hitting those items. Um, a question is, if you are reviewing, viewing something and think someone else in your department should weigh in, can you invite them to view as well? Um, so you don't, Laura, you don't have the ability to do that. But if you contact us, um, we can make sure it's sent to that individual as long as they're in the system. If they're not in the system and haven't been um, assigned by your department head, then I would say then that's probably something you either want to talk to your department head about to make sure or um, you can talk to them and get comments from them and use that in your in your response. But your department head has or your, your director has indicated who they want to review bills. So you can always just ask ask a coworker if they have input. Um, yes. And and Mr. Clemens noted that it's important that your team is consistent on the team position. So that helps. So it is beneficial if you all talk to each other, um, if you have the assignment. But again, we're going to be looking at those. We, you might not have time for that. And so we will we will circle back to you if there are any differences of opinion um, within your department. Now, some departments do have, that's why they have the reviewer, because the reviewer is providing one response on behalf of the whole entire department. And that is just dependent on how, um, how your department has decided they want to handle the legislation. All right. Are there any more questions? Okay. If not, that's all I have for today. Um, so finishing the 45 minutes. Um, but if you do have questions, um, you can always contact Paul Hale, who is the management fellow with Finance and Budget, who will be working with me in county administration during session, as well as myself. Um, if you have any particular issues with LBRS and how it's working or functioning, you can't, you're having an issue logging in, just please contact Paul and he will assist you with that. So he is he is your guy in relation to um, helping with the LBRS system. So that's all I have. So I really appreciate your time and um, I'm glad. I really do appreciate the time that you spend during session reviewing legislation on behalf of the county, because, like I said, it's super important um, to be sure that I'm effective in our job and that we can effectively advocate for um, the board's positions. So that's all I got. So with that, I will say goodbye. Thanks, Gwen. Happy holidays. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Gwen. Good seeing you, Gwen.